Find out why more and more people are betting with Betfred. They make betting on sports super easy. Betfred's new app makes it super simple to place your bet and even offers protection like bad beat bonuses. The newly improved app comes with more markets, more bonuses, and more action. When you bet with Betfred, you're a big fish in a small pond, and you'll feel it. This is the Doc Talk Podcast, presented by Betfred Sports, 2023, Episode 32. All right, we're going to seek one more in before the end of 2023. Welcome back. It's been uh, somewhat of a hiatus for the Doc Talk Podcast, presented by Betfred Sports. I'm Travis Justice, the man sitting right next to me. We haven't seen each other since since the end of the season. It's Mr. Dr. Rob Zadisco. What's up, man? Dude, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you. We're getting ready for a new year. This will be the final podcast of 2023. We'll pick it up back in 2024. Last Friday, I saw Damon Benning at a Christmas party. Nice. And I said, hey, Damon, we're going to take you up on your offer. Remember, Damon? We did on Twitter. Yeah. And he said he's, he said he's in. He said he's all game. So I think what's going to happen is that uh, Damon Benning will be our first interview of 2024. We'll try to do that in the first or second week of uh, January. And then on uh, mid-January, tentatively right now scheduled to come into the studio, would be Kevin Kugler from Fox Sports. And uh, Kevin, you know, Kevin and I have known each other for a long time. We haven't communicated for a while. So I wrote him on Twitter and I said, hey, dude, when are you back in town? Because, you know, he does all the Westwood One stuff, does it at the, the NFL for Fox. The guy's everywhere. He is everywhere. And when I first met Kevin, he was doing the, the Omaha Racers. Right, I mean, he was doing Omaha Racers, and then it moved on to UNO football. See, I think of him as like the Daily Nebraskan, wasn't he? Didn't he write for the Daily? Nebraskan? You know, he, he he was. I was. I think you were about the same age. So when I got here, he was already out of Nebraska. So when you, he might have been there when you were there, like freshman or sophomore year. Okay, that that makes a little sense to me. So yeah, so we've got some stuff planned, and uh, still working on some other big guests. Uh, some will be Nebraska related. A lot of them will be. Don't be surprised if there are some that aren't Nebraska related, and but I think they're still going to be pretty, uh, pretty, pretty good interviews. I'm excited. I like bringing people into the basement. <laughs> I know that sounds a little creepy, doesn't it? Little bit. Little, little, little creepy. bit. You came bearing gifts tonight, so Doctor Rob came bearing gifts for the Justice household. I'm impressed here. What did what, you bring here? You got? I got you coffee. Coffee. How'd you know? Yo, you were down in Florida, weren't you? We were. So that's from Bayside Coffee. So yeah. it's, a, it's a great little coffee shop down there that uh, they sell online. They, I mean, yeah, they'll they'll ship anywhere. So if you get a chance, go check them out. Bayside. I think it. I got to look it up. I think it is actually BaysideCoffee.com. Okay. But they got multiple varieties. The uh, about the only one you kind of got to be careful with is every so often they'll, they'll do a a barrel aged. Uh, dark roast, and it's aged in bourbon barrels. Oh, I bet that's pretty thick, isn't it? It is a thick brew. It is a, it, it's a, it's a great coffee, and and it's funny because when you drink it, you don't really pick up the bourbon all that. Oh, you got me a gift. I got you a gift. It, you don't really pick up the bourbon all that much, but then when you're done drinking it, yeah, you get this hint of bourbon on your on your like in you your go mouth. to work going, man. Have I been drinking? Yeah. <laughs> like you got to be careful with that stuff. 
So it's, but yeah, if you get a chance, go check out Bayside Coffee. They got great coffee. We end up ordering from see, them all the time, but it's kind of our go-to anytime we're in Florida. See, here, here's the difference between you and me. You bring a gift for the Justice household, which everybody in his house is going to enjoy. Yeah, it's good coffee. The coffee. I, do you know what people like? Coffee. Coffee. And you normal, got my wife a, a chocolate bar. I, the chocolate's not for me. My wife loves the chocolate. Well, Jennifer is like, you got to have something sweet in there. So. Yeah. That, so it's, it's okay, by the way, it's coffeebythebay.com. Coffeebythebay.com. So which if you just Google Bayside Coffee. Yeah. Coffee by the Bay is what comes right. up, but it's they got they got a bunch of great roasts and they said it's kind of a cool place because they set up shop in an old old oyster shucking shack right on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Really? So they got they got their roasters in there. It's kind of it, it's a cool setup. So so the difference between me and you is that you bring something my entire family will enjoy. As a matter of fact, I'll probably won't get very much of this coffee because my wife will drink most of it. I bring you a gift, not for the family, but just for you. Nice. So, so beer? Yeah, it's not beer, no. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see Rob actually open a Christmas present that I got for him. I know that's really entertaining, and, and, and you're excited about that. Just rip the damn thing open like you're four years old. Um, Would you please? So question for you. Yeah. Did you write the actual to Rob Z from no, Travis? No, my wife did that. Because I'm looking, and I'm like, that is oddly legible. <laughs> As Owen laughs in the background. Because I know my handwriting, I, I got to be honest with you. Yeah. You couldn't read it if your life depended on it. But the only thing my handwriting's good for is a signature on a prescription, which it, is about the only time I actually Do you write prescripts? You know, you still do a little bit. It's not It's not very frequent. I'm going to slap you if you just don't rip that open like a four-year-old. I'm not. I'm going to keep it. Oh, my I'm, God. I'm like that dad that doesn't let Christmas gift opening start yeah. until somebody's actually got like a bag to put the trash wrapping paper yeah. in. So Now, when I saw this, I thought of you. I know you're going to think, well, it's it's, it's... it's it's another bag. It's another bag. It's, I, I got you another you bag. Get, you literally gift-wrapped... A bag. No, my wife gift wrapped a bag. <laughs> I picked out the present, but she gift wrapped the bag. Okay, is this from? This is from Dario Cecchini's. Is this from Italy? This is from Italy. Nice. If you look up Dario Cecchini, he's probably the most famous butcher in the world. So when you go to Dario Cecchini's restaurant in Penzano and Chianti, he has a meal for fifty euro. It's an eight course all meat meal. Hold on a second. How much is fifty euro? Uh, it'd be about sixty-two bucks. Okay, and so it's, it's so for an eight quart because you posted pictures yeah, of this on Twitter yeah. when you guys were there. Yeah, but it, it includes unlimited all the wine you want to drink. Uh, comes with dessert. Comes with a whole bunch of good stuff. So so it, like if I showed up, if 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 the pipeline and I decided yeah. to road trip to Italy, yeah. which I know you don't. Now it's not an all-you-can-eat buffet. But they just bring out portions, and then but, but it's but it's all you can drink wine. Yeah, and then uh, they they've got a yeah, full plate of vegetables, um, good stuff. It's really good. We, I, I try to go there every time I go. So what are the vegetables for? Uh, just kind of an appetizer. So you got raw carrots. Um, Why? I I don't know. Just to to start filling you up. <laughs> so yeah. you drink less yeah, so wine. Yeah. Well, no. So you probably drink more wine. By the time the meat comes around, you're not uh, you're not full of yeah, you don't. Want a bunch of meat? You start with the beef tartare, though. It's like it's like some fiber, so it actually yeah. gets through your system at some. So point. I saw this. Oh, I, <laughs> I know it's not it's not that much, but to me that has your name written all over it. 
It is a hat that says Carne Diem. I like it. Because the other thing that's nice. Seize the beef. See, you're going to put your own little curve on that bill, aren't you? Well, actually, I think it's... uh, It'd be more like meet the day. Meet the day. Okay. Yeah. Come on, get well, your Latin. I'm guy. not a Latin guy. Owen probably knows Latin. He went to the Catholic high school. I was just saying, you're the you're the Catholic dude. Yeah. See, that's I, like all they speak in, in I, Catholic. I, I was a public school Catholic. Uh, Owen went to to Creighton oh. Prep, so he. I think they still have Latin at Creighton Prep. When you're you were like there. a poor Catholic. Um, yeah, you can take. I didn't personally take Latin, but you can take Latin. That's that's an option. I always thought that would be cool to take Latin, be an educated man. Well, how much of the medicine is in Latin still? Quite a bit? Oh, yeah, a lot. Really? Yeah. That's why I corrected you. It's meet the day, not, okay. see, not seize the meat. All right. So what, whatever. <laughs> I thought see, it was seize, seize the, the meat. Seize the meat sounds a little dirty. Like. <laughs> You're right. It does. It does. Um, I, I think that's what, like. Teen guys do when they don't have a girlfriend. Well, the, the cool thing about that hat is you you literally have to go to Italy to get that hat. Nobody else in, in probably around here is going to have that hat. You're going to wear that around and people are going to go, that's cool. Do you want me to Google it? I bet Walmart has it. No way. No way. They I, had bull whips. They did have bull whips. They did. They, they had bull whips, Trav. So we're drinking beer today. We're drinking beer tonight. And this is from Craig in, in Georgia. Craig has been our number one beer hookup. And, and thanks to everybody who sent us beer throughout the season. Uh, Craig is just, he comes back to see his mom. She's in her 90s. He's a regular listener of the show. And I feel bad because I can't tell if this first paragraph is he's pissed at us or not, Rob. He goes, I hope you've enjoyed the beer from Georgia so far, even though I rarely hear you talk about it. I'm like, man, Craig. I, Dude, we talk about Craig all the time. We try to mention you, but here's the deal. How much beer did we have delivered this year? We had a lot of beer. And so we were trying to do, you know, we, we shared the wealth of everybody who, who contributed and tried to drink their beer during the week. Now, Craig, I'll be honest with you. You gave us a lot of beer. Dude, we, so like, much so every that time we, we, every time we drank Craig's beer, I know. we talked about Craig, I, I know. I know. That's what I, he gets a regular mention. But we're drinking the, uh, right now, we're drinking the Creature Comfort. And it's the, or it's from Creature Comfort's Brewing Company. It's the Tropicanale. How do you say that? Tropicalia. Tropicalia. It's an Tropicalia. And so Liam Hemsworth, you know, the guy who plays Thor. Yeah. This was his favorite beer on his latest episode of Thor. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So we're also going to try a Christmas ale. I think Owen's got a Christmas ale over there. We got a couple over here. A Czech Pilsner is also in there. That's, I think that's for you, Rob. And then we got the uh, double IPA, which I'm a, it's like 8%. I'm a little scared to try that. Maybe we'll split it. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe. The, I mean, which, are, by, by the way, you yeah. Google uh, Carne Diem hat. Their hat. Yeah. The Dario package comes up, so they See? they have a like an online package you can order that they'll ship. But it's not at Walmart. It's not at Bombgards. Not at Tractor Supply. You dropped Bombgards. You know why? Because I'm an Iowan man. Do you think Fleet Fleet Farm might have it? Oh, I don't know. I, I, I hear uh, we're getting a Fleet Farm here. I have heard that. Yeah. And if you're not familiar with Fleet Farm, uh, there's two in there's two in Des Moines. Yeah, there's one in Sioux Falls. Oh, is there? Yeah. Those things are I they're incredible. It's kind of like you almost have to go there. Cause, Cause it's sort of like if Shields 
and Costco had a love child, yeah. it'd be Fleet Farm. Well, I, I got news for you. If you're looking for that before you have to go to Fleet Farm, I think Owen can back me up here. If you go to the new Menards and Council Bluffs, that thing is incredible. I mean, you know these little headphone holders we have? Yeah. I do we, think we got them at Menards. I think Menards is a little underrated amongst your big box hardware stores. It might be. I, I've kind of stopped going to Home Depot and Lowe's. We end up at Menards probably more places than that, than than those other two. They might have upped their game a little bit. Well, you know, I, isn't Menards a Wisconsin company? They always had the Indy cars. I have no clue. Yeah, I think I think Menards is a Wisconsin company. So, yeah. maybe. Yeah. What do you got planned for the new year? Anything? Oh man, got all the kids in town, so I think we're just hanging out with family. Are you? Yeah, might do a movie night, or I'm, I'm sure the kids are going to hook up with some high school friends here and there. John Morgan's in town; he's going to be at the Funny Bone, and we're going to have Greta's 17th birthday at the Funny Bone. Are you on New Year's Eve? No, we're going to take her. Her birthday's the 29th, so we're going to take her out there on the 29th. We're okay, do soup, and then watch John Paul. And the we were up at show. the Funny Bone. Yeah, your buddy Chris Kobe was doing yeah. the show, right? Great show. Bunch of mustaches for kids guys up there? Uh, he did like a specific show with a lot of the mustaches for kids crew, but then uh, we went to, I can't remember if it was the next night or it was just the later show that we went to, but uh, he's he's kind of expanded his, his routine. I mean, he's... He, it, he doesn't want to be a lawyer. He wants to be a comic. Yeah, I think he does. <laughs> no, well, I shouldn't say I think that I know that. Yeah. Um. What's interesting is it, it, it's interesting because I've been to a number of his shows over the years, which for people listening, if you don't know, so Chris Covey's local lawyer, he's yeah. a local contract law guy, uh, but his hobby's always been stand-up comedy. And it, and it's kind of weird because he's this kind of intimidating, like six seven dude. He says six eight. He's maybe six six and a half. I'll round up to six seven just for him. But um but he broke into comedy, and he ended up winning like a handful of pretty prestigious comedy contests. I mean, he won the like the big Johnny Carson one they have up in Norfolk. Oh, really? Yeah, he went to Vegas and got like second place in a big national stand-up comics competition. So he's he's kind of broken broken into it. I mean, I think if he wanted to do it full time, he truly could. The only downside is you're taking a pay cut. Uh, probably a little, yeah, he, you're taking Unless you're a, doing a bunch of corporate gigs, then you can make some pretty good money. Which is actually where he does most of his yeah. stuff now, is he does, he traded in the travel, because he's married, he's got kids. That's the thing that I think keeps him from doing it truly full time. So most of the shows he does, it's all corporate gigs. Yeah, and those pay well. Corporate gigs always pay more than going to club to club. And he's got a home club at the Funny Bone in Omaha, and Colleen treats him really nice yeah. and puts him on stage because he was headlining those three days, I believe. He right? was headlining, yeah. which if you get a chance to go see him, go see Chris Covey. He really does a great show. He does a great job of keeping it pretty damn clean. There's not a lot of sorry Daves in, in Chris's well, show. Well, I, I, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to speak for him because he's a friend of mine. He's from Louisiana. But if you have never seen John Morgan... John Morgan is, is not a, not safe. Well, well he's, but, but he's one of the funniest dudes I've ever seen. He is. He's a true traveling comic, and he's one of the funniest fuckers I've ever seen. Which, I mean, we actually talked about, to, we'll kind of see what the kids want to do, but we might go see one of his shows. Yeah. I and I, I think most of your, well, Piper maybe not. I don't know if, well, maybe, well, if Greta's going, Piper can go. I'll call Colleen. Yeah, you have to go, hey, can, can I bring my, 
she'll have to my put, 16 she'll, year old she'll have to put on a wristband <laughs> oh you know lots happened since we la- you know last time we recorded yeah we should probably talk football well you know last time we recorded <laughs> nebraska season ended iowa went to the big 10 title game got beat by by michigan um, God, I forgot about the Big Ten title. Yeah. It's almost an afterthought. Well, you know, I left for Italy right the very next day. I just wanted to forget about it and, and go. Uh, you went to Florida, but what happened? What has happened really is is the recruiting. Now everybody's done their recruiting specials, and we're going to talk about recruiting. Uh, we're going to touch upon a lot of things. Uh, but the big surprise in the recruiting, and it's not a surprise now, was Dylan Raiola changed his commitment. He switched. Jo- switched, and you know. It doesn't surprise me anymore in recruiting. You're always going to get those switches, and it makes sense, right? I mean, dad goes to school there, your your uncle coaches there, and the truth is, you had a season to observe and go. Do you like what you see, right? I, yeah, and I think I think that's a big part of yeah, it. Yeah, I think that kind of the, the two things I think really shied him away from Nebraska. Which, if you know the family, Dom Raiol is a monstrous huge Nebraska fan and I know that that, that maybe sounds and maybe that sounds stupid to say that when the guy played for Nebraska but just because you played there doesn't mean you're going to steer your kid to go true it, Dom really would have liked to have seen his kid go to Nebraska I think he he loved Nebraska loved the experience he had here would have loved to have seen Dylan I'm sure, and now does love the fact that Dylan's going to Nebraska. There was a number of interactions between them and Frost that I think kind of soured them on Frost. There was a number of things where just watching how Frost ran the program at the time, that really made them just not want anything to do with Nebraska under Scott Frost. So I think that was a I think that was a big strike against Nebraska when he was getting ready to make that that verbal commitment. The other thing I think is then Frost gets fired, Rule gets hired, and it's like, okay, well, Frost is gone. You don't have that strike True. anymore. The problem is, is you've got to change. You've got to transition. Are you going to make a commitment to a program when they're in the midst of that transition? And it's not like you look at Rule in Nebraska year one and go, oh, my God, this was this absolutely resounding success where they knocked out eight wins and went to a bowl game and had all sorts of wonderful things happening. I mean, it was they won the five games. I mean, they had some bright spots. They were in damn near every game. I mean, Colorado was sort of just a hot mess, but um, the Michigan game was really the one game where they you, – you, lo- you watch that game and you thought there's no chance they win. Yeah. Every other game, Nebraska had True. a chance. They, Don't disagree. They, yeah, so they, they had a pretty good chance. I think watching that might have been what made them change their mind. Is that, Okay, here's this guy that he took this group of players – and sort of this completely hodgepodge quarterback room and managed to forge out five wins and be competitive in five or six other games, I thought that that probably spoke volumes for what Rule did. And I thought, at least from what the Riola family looked at, my understanding is they felt that there was some degree of stability there with what Rule was doing. I, I, I can imagine uh, Matt Rule's uh, – 
emotions when, when Dylan Raiola called him. And uh, here, here's part of the conversation or what he told Dylan Raiola uh, when they first made contact. You know, I, I challenged him, like, hey, make sure you're serious about this, you know, because, you know, I don't want this to be uh, something that, you know, isn't right for you. And he said, no, you know, um, you know, my life has greater purpose than just, you know, being in the top recruit. I, you know, I, I know what Nebraska means to my family. I know what it's meant to me. And um, I'd like to, I'd like to come there. And so, I think in the end, you know, to have a player of, of Dylan's caliber, not his recruiting, but his caliber, you know, his, his, his arm talent, his ability to see the field, but probably more than anything, you know, his work ethic and, and how much he cares about the game, um, you know, we obviously took that. So I feel great about our quarterback room. We've got four players that we believe in. Well, it's down to three now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would have loved to have seen Chubba stay. Hey, were you surprised that Chubba went into the portal? Zero surprise. In this day and age... No surprise, yeah, whatsoever. I, I mean, would I have liked to have seen him stay? Yes. I, I mean, he hit the portal. He's got Power Five offers. I mean, it's not Georgia, or Michigan. I mean, it's it's TCU and. Well, the interesting uh, part about Chubb God, is who was the other? One? Was it Cal? Maybe and wasn't is Boise State in there too? Did I hear Boise, Boise State? Boise was kind of where a lot of people projected him, but he's got some bigger offers now than those. The, the interesting part was is this with Chubba is that he was never healthy at Florida State. He really wasn't 100% healthy at Nebraska. But those last couple games, even though they didn't win, he showed signs of being a really darn good quarterback. And his speed was – well, I think what won him – The speed was there was was impressive. Which – he's probably got the best arm on the team. I mean, you look at the group yeah. of guys in Lincoln, he probably does have the best arm. I I feel bad because I think you got a guy who, um, in terms of practice repetitions, that kind of stuff, you got a guy who essentially was out there for two, two and a half weeks, and, that, and then the season's over. That was it. Yeah. So in terms of kind of getting that development, getting into a rhythm, getting to – know the wide receivers and throwing to those guys in a game situation, which, I mean, that's different. I mean, it, it's kind of the whole seven-on-seven seven thing, which I, I'm actually kind of a big fan of seven-on-seven. Seven. I think it's I, I think it's another tool in the toolbox for quarterback, wide receiver, and running back development. Um, but it's, it, it's, it's kind of the whole thing where – you can go to practice every day. You can practice with the second stringers, get a few reps with the first string guys. Until you go out and play half a season worth of games, it's hard to really know how much you're truly developing. And he, he got like two, two, three games worth of development, and that was it. So it, I, I kind of was hoping he'd stick around. It's sort of the pipe dream in my mind, and maybe Dylan Riola comes in and truly is this just phenom that we're going to be like, oh my God, thank God we got Dylan Riola. I, I mean, that would be awesome if that happened. What are the odds of that happening? Oh, right now, because I think that's a pretty damn legit thing unless Nebraska pulls in another quarterback who can step in as sort of a developmental guy or maybe a guy like you go back to 92 where you had Mike Grant who was a fifth year senior and Mike Grant started the non-conference games and Osborne specifically held Tommy Frazier as a true freshman out 
so he would kind of develop a little bit more slowly and just get used to things for a month. Once the conference season started, they threw Tommy out there in the starting role, and the rest is history. But it, it's I had kind of hoped they'd have somebody who could maybe be that kind of guy, hold that kind of role where you could go out and sort of be the older mentor to a guy like Dylan. Um, and maybe even, and even if that lasts an entire season, I mean, have, see if you can't find a junior or senior in the transfer portal who will come in, start for one year while Riola red shirts, you give Riola his four games worth of reps and, and then he hits the ground running as a redshirt freshman. See, and I, I think Cheba looks at it as this: is he had two years left, right? He's got two years of eligibility left, and he's probably like, "There's no way I, I could maybe start a couple games, but if I if I if I fuck up, they're gonna they're gonna yank me." Yeah, if he stays, it's he he's all to well, yeah. It, look at the, the, there was a handful of guys when Frazier and Brooke Berenger were sophomores. Yeah. There was a handful of guys sitting there going, okay, we got these two guys. They're both sophomores. You, you got arguably the guy who even then everybody's looking at Frazier going, oh, my God, this guy could be the best quarterback in Nebraska history. And the other guy's an NFL dude. Yeah. Like, how are we going to beat either of these dudes out? There's no way that's happening. And so we had three scholarship quarterbacks transfer in one year. And yeah, and then the rest is history there. It's, it's, I don't blame him for looking at that situation in just the way you phrased it. So let me ask you this. They get a five star guy. And it, first of all, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, you got to understand where we're coming from. If you're a longtime listener, you know where I fall on recruiting. And that is, I don't care about recruiting because until you play a down of college football, we don't know really what you can do. I. Now I get that you have uh, you gotta have some, you gotta have some talent, but it doesn't but. mean you're going to be the savior, is what I'm saying. No, there's been a lot of guys that have highly recruited that don't turn around and, oh. and produce like they're supposed to. One hundred percent. Until you see the guys out yeah. there, I mean, it's what I like a recruiting class that we we've got ten five star yeah. guys because you're hedging your bet at that point. Yeah, five four star guys. Yeah. And six or seven three-star yeah. guys. Yeah, that would be great. Because, but, but that's Georgia, that's Ohio State, that's Alabama. Yeah. We're probably not getting that at least for a, a while here. I Maybe mean, never. No. I mean, I because mean, most schools aren't like that. I mean, most schools you have one, maybe two five stars, usually just one. Yeah, and then it's it's mostly that four and three stars. You're probably but that's gonna, why you got schools like Ohio yeah. State and Michigan and Alabama 100%. and Georgia continue to have that success is because they stack up five star kids to the point where five star guys are having trouble seeing the field, yeah. so they transfer. So I, I guess my question is this: over the next four, maybe five years with Dylan Riola, how do you measure success? Is it a bowl game? Is it a playoff? Is it a Big Ten chance? What what does success look like now that because there's been a renewed hope 
dude, if you follow social media, you would think Jesus Christ is resurrected and, and, and come I, back. I do. I mean, I still would like to think it's a little bit tempered. And the reason I say that is because when you get to that hope, I think the biggest thing Nebraska fans were hoping for, because there was, it wasn't like this whole Dylan Riola thing happened kind of fast. Yeah. I mean, we're talking a couple of weeks here and then it happened. Prior to that couple of weeks, everybody's sitting around going like, God, it'd be kind of nice if we could get Kyle McCord and get like a nice seasoned junior or senior in here to just kind of steer the ship for another season. And it, Because I think people looked at what happened this past season and thought, my God, if we had a, a little bit of a better quarterback, little have a few less turnovers, Shit, there's a seven to nine win season right there. And I, I we're going to a bowl game. And I think most people from a developmental standpoint of a program looked at that and thought, okay, if we can get seven, eight, nine wins in year two, boy, that's a nice step. That's a good step from where we've been. If we can do that, go to a bowl game, get an extra month of practice go hit the transfer portal again. It's only going to get, it's going to get a little better and a little better. And all of a sudden, Riola shows up. And I get it. People are putting a lot of pressure on him. I'm looking at him and going, okay, you know what? If you could just steer the ship and get us. Don't turn the ball over. Yeah, just don't turn the ball over. I'm ecstatic. Do what you did your senior year in high school, which was 33 touchdowns and one interception. That's not too shabby. So I'll definitely take that. Yeah, I mean, I look at it this way. Um, I think you can get back to eight, nine wins a year because unfortunately, or fortunately, depending how you look at it, the Big Ten's changing. You're not going to have divisions anymore. It's going to be everybody in one big pot, top two, top two teams go to the to, to the the championship game, probably those same top two teams are going to be in the playoff, right? I mean, can't I think that's a arguably, pretty yeah. arguably yes. If we go to a twelve team, I mean, I could see Big Ten getting three teams. I mean, I, yeah, but I mean, right now you look at who those teams are. It's you're looking at Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. See what Jonathan Smith does at Michigan State, but yeah. So I, I mean, over the next four or five years, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I, you I got think the UC, big Ten's going to be. You got UCLA coming in. You got Lincoln Riley and USC coming. He's in. on the hot seat, man. He's God, on the I hot know. seat. It's, it's that's going to be interesting to see how that pans out. But I, I tell you what, I, I hope you someday, got Oregon and Washington who are well, coming off true. some no. really oh, yeah. strong. And one of those guys, and one of those teams is in the playoff, right? Yeah. And the other team, if they would have won the Pac-12 championship, probably would have been in the playoff too. Yeah. So you've you've got a couple of really strong. I mean. Yeah, the the dynamic of where the Big Ten is going. I mean, it's it's only getting tougher now. On the flip side, I still thank God Nebraska's in the Big Ten. Oh, one well for money, so for so many different reasons. Yeah. Um, I tell you, one day, and we we're trying like hell. We're trying like hell to get Matt Rule to sit in that chair that's right next to you. Um, we keep asking. We don't hear anything. Then we hear, don't worry, it's coming. You know, we hear a lot of different things. Hopefully, someday Matt Rule is going to be sitting there because I, I tell you what, he wins. He, he has the charisma of a Mac Brown. Yeah. And that, that's a compliment, by the way. That's a, 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 he just knows how to say things. And I, I was watching his, his, new, his press conference, and this is what you don't hear many coaches say this. You might hear Nick Saban say this. 
you might hear Kirby Smart say this, but it's been a long time since a coach at Nebraska said this, or really any coach in the Big Ten that I've heard. This this was my favorite quote from the Matt Rule signing day news conference. I'm never going to apologize for bringing in good players, and I'm never going to apologize for bringing in competition. We live in a day and age now where everyone's trying to find the best situation. I, I think you should try to find the place where you can get developed the best because no one knows how things are going to work out. So I'm, you know, as long as I'm not taking away your scholarship, I'm not going to apologize to you if I'm bringing in someone else. And I want players who want that. Like, I want to be the best, so I have to probably play with the best and compete against the best. And so that's why I respect Daniel so much for the decision he made. Um, you know, obviously the thing with Dylan happened, and it was really honest and transparent in terms of like transfer players and things like that. You know, sometimes you have to have difficult conversations. You know, sometimes the narrative out there is different than what's actually happening, and that can be difficult, right? Because, you know, no one, none of, none of these young men ran from competition. No one said, hey, I don't want to go there. And I, I think some people were asking me that, and I felt bad about it, really, at the end of the day. Like, you know, we made a decision. Like, hey, we're going to go young. We're going to go with the guys we have and the two freshmen and, and build. Yeah, I, I like that he's not going to apologize for having competition, meaning he could go get another five-star quarterback next year and say, you got to compete. Not saying he's going to do that. But what he's saying is you you want the best players no matter what. Nick Saban does it all the time. And that's the the one other coach I've heard very publicly say that is Nick Saban. Yeah. Which I mean it's I have so zero surprise that Alabama kind of chipped away, chipped away, chipped away and made it into the playoff this year. And I thought they deserved the spot. I don't. I don't have a problem with them being in the playoff. So you're okay with Florida State getting left out? No, I'm not okay with that. But that's that's not an Alabama thing. That's a that's it's so you've got glasses half full, yeah. Glasses half empty. I'm sitting here going, we got the wrong size glass. Well, next year you have the right size glass. No, it's still twelve. I want sixteen. Yeah, that's fair. Hell, you could go FCS go twenty four. If FCS can go 24, there's no reason FBS can't. We can go D2 and go 28. Speaking of D2, Harding kicked the shit out of Colorado Mines. Damn, that wasn't even close. Did you watch it? <laughs> yeah, I watched it this morning. I was getting ready for my radio show. I'm Holy like, oh, the D2 shit. title's on. Dude, and Harding lines up. So This is like a pivot, one... by the way. We're, we'll get back to Nebraska. It is. It, we're we're talking like... about this because Rob said plays for Augustana, who lost to Colorado School of Mines in, in the playoffs. And, and Mines smoked everybody up until the title game and then they got smoked and then they got smoked and all harding did they came out they lined up they run sort of a combo power uh triple option but their old linemen line up like the old school like wishbone oklahoma sooners the old fisher to berry uh, Air, Fo- Air force wishbone where it's like the old linemen are in a four-point stance Heads down, butts up in the air, and I mean they they, they just they might as well just broadcast a big old sign. Hey, we're just letting everybody know we are again running on this play. Like every play is a run play. End of the third quarter, Harding had thrown two passes. Two, two. They attempted two, and they'd completed both. You you like probably had a boner yards. that whole game watching him run the football. God, it was. <laughs> You know what? It was it was impressive to watch, and it was almost kind of scary because I mean, they didn't even care. I mean, they broadcast it's a run. Just 
We're just letting you know it's going to be a run. By the way, next play, that's going to be a run also. Try and stop it. And they just they just plowed through everybody. I'm, I'm going to bring this up. And I brought this up to, uh, on my radio show. And, yes, we're going to get back to Nebraska. But hold on because I think this has to do with coaching. And then you look at somebody like who's at Harding, right? You look at Kalen DeBoer at Washington who was at Sioux Falls. You look at Lance Leipold who was at Wisconsin-Whitewater. How many coaches <laughs> – are at these lower divisions that would be absolute killer division one coaches, but they just don't know the right people or don't have the pedigree. Oh, I think there's a lot. Yeah. Kalen DeBoer's the classic. Well, it, uh, shit, Northwestern. Is it uh, Bauer? Uh, forget his name. I know who you're talking about. He was at North, uh, Owen, North Dakota State. Owen, hook us up, buddy. North Northwestern's coach. But keep talking until yeah, because he was a Northwest. He was a he was a North Dakota. Or, yeah, he was at North Dakota State. Yeah, he'd never had a Division One job, so he was hired as Northwestern's Def- D coordinator yeah. until uh, Fitzgerald got fired. Until Fitzgerald got fired, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh shit, we need somebody. We'll elevate the D coordinator." David Braun. David Braun. Braun that's I what said it is. Bauer. It's Braun. And the reason we don't know his name oh, off the top of the head, thank you, sir, because he's he's just brand new. It's one of those yeah. things. You, and he was Big Ten Coach of the Year. And he's on everybody's lists for national yeah. coach of the year. And I was watching the Texas. Which, by the way, I was watching the Texas State. Braun right. should have won it. Oh, yeah, whatever. And I, I told you that you before he won. You know it. why? Because you're smarter than I am. Yeah, I mean that's not exactly a. That's that's not a t- secret. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. My son's <laughs> chuckling back there. And, and I and I bring that up because I was watching the Texas State Rice Bowl game. Texas, did, did you see McCaffrey? He had some. He had some he, nice he, catches. He did. Scored but some points. Texas State. Which has been the worst Division One football program for years, where they say don't take that job; it's a career ender. The guy from Incarnate Word, who was at Incarnate <laughs> Word, took the job, and in one year has that team in a bowl game. He won't be at Texas State for very long. He won't be. Probably not. And, and that's what I'm just saying. Do, do you see Division One teams go? Well, you don't have to have the pedigree of an assistant at a Power Five. We're going to go to the NAIA ranks. We're going to go to the Division Three, the Division Two ranks, because there's some guys there that can get the job done and probably do it at a, at a high level. Look at Kelly from LSU. He, he was at Grand Valley State before he took the Cincinnati job. Yeah, that's true. So I, it's just it's coaching's interesting to me well, because it's uh, always been a pedigree. Who you know, Trestle, good old boy business. Trestle was a Youngstown yeah. guy. Yeah. So I, I no, I think there's some very good coaches out there. The, the dynamic at the D1, especially the Power Five D1 level, is that there's there's a lot of moving parts. Now you've got that at all levels, but I mean the recruiting game changes a bit. The you've got the NIL game is 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 different. The portal game is different. Now, you've got all of that at the lower levels. I mean, it's I got a nephew up at North Dakota State, and uh, they had a number of really, really good players. And, I mean, one of the big news stories up there this year was about how their boosters and alumni had to get together to basically crank out NIL dollars to keep a number of guys. Well, because so, those guys are going to be, you look at Northern Iowa, you look at South Dakota State, you look at uh, North Dakota State, just in, in our area. There's some very good football yes. players. Which I, it's So I guess if you're a Nebraska fan and you want a good model for this, 
we're talking about it on a coaching level, but Samari Torre, the wide receiver, University of Montana guy, I think there's a huge amount of value when you start looking at transfer portals, when you start looking at the coaching carousel, you look at the guys that have a pedigree of productivity and these the levels have it's it's a much finer line between the levels now when i played college football the difference between a power 5 school and an fcs school was a pretty big difference and it's interesting because we played i can't remember what i think it was my sophomore year we played middle tennessee state and they were an FCS school. It was one of the. Um, That's back. It was Division One AA for us. Old it was one AA. Um, I think I'm trying to remember who was on our schedule. I think we actually had Arkansas on our schedule, and Arkansas backed out of the contract. Really? Yeah, they didn't want to get their ass kicked. Like legit. I, I'm. They, they didn't want to. They didn't want to play Nebraska. So the Arkansas backed out of the contract, left a hole in the schedule, and so there was a couple of years there where we were like, "Well, shit, what do we do now?" And I think we we filled a cut like we had. It was like a four year, like two year home and away type deal, and I think we filled two years with Middle Tennessee State and uh, oh god. It was the green machine from... Uh, North Texas? It was North Texas. Yeah. Thank you. So we did North Texas, we did Middle Tennessee State, and then we did uh, Pacific before they... That was your off. senior year? Yeah. Because that was like a 77 nothing game. Was, that one was brutal. Yeah, I was there. Um, the uh, But yeah, Middle Tennessee State showed up, and you looked at those guys, and it's these 6'2", 240-pound D linemen. I mean, we're looking at these guys going, okay, most of the big eight linebackers we're facing are bigger than these dudes. And these are the D, these are the interior D linemen. They went the old uh, Dallas Cowboys doomsday flex defense with like Randy White, where they like lined up like four yards off the ball and you took one step and they would just sprint in that direction. <laughs> so you're like chasing these dudes all the way to the sideline, but. Uh, they were trying to gash you. They did, and it was like frustrating for about two quarters, and then we figured out what they were doing and switched up a few things and ended up scoring like like 30 unanswered points on them in the third quarter. But you, know, you look at these schools, the, that difference between a Power 5 school and an FCS or 1AA school 30 years ago, that was a huge difference. It was. 100%. Now, now you're looking at some of the better FCS schools – are you got a lot of power five schools coming in and rating those schools for linemen. Yeah. They're getting the big old linemen. They're getting the productive D tackles and DNs from those levels. Nebraska's going to Montana to get Samari Torrey. I mean, we, we go to an FCS school to get a draft pick wide receiver. I mean, that's a, that's, I, if you, I'm having trouble figuring out a way to put emphasis on this that it deserves. Because I think you look at Florida State with Jared Verse, who's a two time All American defensive end. I got, uh, Owen, would you do me a favor? Yeah. 
Would you look up where Jared Verse went to college initially before Florida State? But he went to like nowhere for two years and then went to Florida State. But he was a portal guy who came up from a lower division. And you're and what's happening there too is you're going to have guys that just grow and get better athletically who in high school you're like, nah, I'm not going to take a chance on him. And then all of a sudden they blossom. Which, and that's what the portal does is it's yeah. give again, 30 pre portal, those guys didn't necessarily have the means or the mechanism to make that jump. Now, because of the transfer portal, that mechanism is in place for a Samari Torre to make that jump. Albany. Okay, Univer- University of Albany. That's where we had training camp with the New York With the Giants? Giants. You yeah. went up to Albany? SUNY Albany, State University of New York wow. at Albany. Look at that. You know, it's interesting because it's a new day and age we live in. Uh, one of the people, Matt Rule did a bunch of thanks uh, to thank the, the city of Lincoln, thank Trev. Uh, but one of the big thanks uh, with the, the signing day was was the NIL in 1890. This is the modern world of athletics, and, and we, are, we, are being, we are being supported by an organization that's run the right way and doing things the, you know, the right way, and that, that comes across to us each and every time we talk to a student-athlete. Rob, I, I like rumors, and I have no validation on this. I've heard 9.5 for Ryola. 9.5. Wait, 9.5 million? Yes. $10 million. Probably over, spread over four years. Listen, he that's not that far off to what Rule said when he said a good quarterback in the portal is going to get you. one to two. One to two. This would bring you up to 2.2, 2.3. It's not unheard of if you spread that. I'm listen. I have no validation. This is a podcast. It's not journalism. I'm just saying which that's I've what always, I heard. Which my mantra has always been: if there's been an underestimation on the portal, it's the dollars have been underestimated of what this is going to turn into. That's more than I think it is. I could be wrong though. But if I would have said eight, would you have been flabbergasted? Over four, over four now. If you had said a million a year, I would have thought that. Here's the thing: I the, the NIL always plays a part. Absolutely, there's a point where the numbers get so big that something else has to be a factor in it. Because I mean, it, it, Riola can command high dollar anywhere he went. True. So, I mean, it's not like Nebraska and Georgia were the only two schools that wanted him. Ohio State. He was committed to Ohio State. Yeah. So, it's the the NIL dollars were going to be there for him. He needed something. He needed something. It was coming back to where he needed something that would ground him, that was concrete, that was, hey, I'm going to this school, and it's not for NIL. It's I'm going someplace because I want to be able to play. I want to be able to compete for championships. I want to play for a great coach. Something like that has to play into it at some point. And I think that's where Nebraska won out on this. I don't think this was an NIL thing. I think this was a, hey, there's the Nebraska legacy with my dad. Uh, I think there's there's six legacies in in this class, I think Rule said. Six. That's impressive. 
There is. Um, you had oh. uh, additions from 13 states, 16 native Nebraskans. You also had, what, eight signees from the state of Nebraska. And here's Coach Rule talking about the in-state recruiting that took place. I think the high school football here is really, really strong. You think about it, you know, we signed I'm, – I'm doing some national shows, and they're like, well, you signed eight guys. I mean, you know, I, you know uh, Notre Dame signed a player out of here too. Illinois signed a player out of here. So it's not like we got every one. It's not like, you know, there's, there's 10, 11, 12 Division One players here. I, what I would say was really special to us this year was we took the – because of our camps, we have a lot of guys that we think are scholarship-worthy players that came as non-scholarship players. You know, they turned down Division One offers to come here. So I think the high school coaches have been great. Hopefully our camps will continue to catch on. A lot of players thought, like, hey, you have to be invited to come to the camp. No, we want everybody. Like, I want, I want by the time you're a senior that I've, you've been coming to my camp since you were in sixth grade. and <laughs> You know me, and I know you, and, you know, this has been your dream. That, that's kind of our goal. 38 of the 39 editions could be freshmen next year. That's impressive. Because it, it, it means you're not – that, that's – You're it, not absolutely raiding the portal yeah. system for guys. Yeah. But I also – some schools – I mean, you look at Prime at Colorado. But he's going to go that way. I don't think he's going to live in the high school world. I think as long as he's a Colorado – He's already said that. Yeah. He, he said, I feel bad for the high school kids because we're not going after you. And I don't think he ever will. Lane Kiffin's doing the same thing at Ole Miss. I mean, Lane's going. I'm gonna. He's gonna do the high school thing, but he's probably gonna go fifty fifty or a little bit more in the portal because he. he I think it's the, a different beast down there. It it is. I also think you can build stability better going the high school route. One hundred percent. Yeah, you're gonna lose guys. You're gonna gain guys through the portal. You're always gonna need to use the portal. Kind of the the example I always go back to is watching Bill Schneider at K State, who is an amazing coach. But the thing that always was interesting to me was watching how many junior college guys he's gotten. And I think the portal has is is what is going to be the death knell to JUCO football. By the way, speaking of JUCO, Scott, Scott Stro- Strohmeyer, who's been on this. If you haven't watched the Scott Strohmeyer podcast on YouTube, it's great. Or listen to it on iTunes. And, or I'm, and I'm talking about from an information standpoint on how this shit works. It's amazing talking to Coach Strohmeyer. But Iowa Western won the JUCO national title this year. Kicked the crap out of East Mississippi. East Mississippi was the first team that was featured on Last Chance U. Yep. And, you know... Which is weird. You're looking at... You're watching the game and you're you're seeing that... Who's that coach? Buddy Stevens. Yeah, so you're seeing Buddy Stevens on the other sideline, and it's like, oh my God, that's Buddy Stevens. Here's what here's a, they they played it down at Memorial Stadium in 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 Little Rock. Yep. Okay. There, it's a JUCO game. There's maybe I don't know two thousand people there because it's JUCO football, right? At the end of the game, they go to shake hands. Strohmeyer's just. He's just strolling around, right? Buddy Stevens has two Arkansas State Patrolmen by him. I'm like, <laughs> who the fuck are you worried about? I mean, are you that? Oh, it's for show. It's, it's for 100% recruiting. 100% for show. So, it, do you know what? So, do you know what was interesting? So, I was, I watched the game. It was fun to watch it because you got a lot of Nebraska kids yeah. on that team. You got a ton of Iowa. Obviously, there's a ton yeah. of Iowa kids on that. Iowa Western team. Uh, it, it's interesting because you hit a point mid third quarter where the game is out of hand. Uh, Iowa Western's nuking them. 
I mean, it's just destroying them. They're just putting up points left and right. And you get late third quarter, early fourth quarter, and they're still just putting on a fireworks show. And I'm like, okay, God, this is getting kind of uncomfortable because this is like a 50-point blowout, and they're still launching bombs. And the announcers made a good point. They said, this is standard in junior college football. You get a blowout going, you just keep it rolling. because, And it's no offense to the opponent. It's you're, you're trying to showcase these kids. You're trying to get them TV time. Yeah, well, and you got a game on fucking ESPN. Yeah. Because signing day was just yeah. it was four days away. Yeah. Get these kids out there. Get these kids some acrobatic touchdown catches. It doesn't matter if it's fourth quarter and you got a 50-point lead. You got to show these guys off. And it was okay. Well, that makes sense. It, it's just it's an interesting dynamic at that level in terms of, of how you coach a football game. Um, but you, watching JUCO football, you tell who the players are, and you can tell who. Yes, yes it's 100%. very evident. Which, and again, the thing that still shocks me for how the fact that basically you don't have any Iowa Western guys down in Lincoln. Didn't they just get one? Yeah, yeah, they did. But again, but if you want like, to know the story behind that, go holy, listen to the podcast. Yeah, but dude, they get some ball players, and they send they they send dudes to major schools. Yeah, they really do. I mean, yeah. Strohmeyer's got a hell of a program there. The defense is nuts. I mean, that defensive line that Aaron Terry's putting out there at Iowa Western is pretty amazing. Hey, uh, don't forget, uh, Betfred Sports is your. A place to go when you want to bet. Now get in on the no sweat first bet bonus. Uh, your first qualifying bet of twenty dollars or more will be matched with a Fred bet up to a hundred and five dollars. If it loses, just use the promo code Rush in the uh, promo code section. And of course, you've got basketball season at, at full swing. Uh, you've got uh, the bowl games that are still going on. So if you are in a state where Betfred is operating, and I believe it's eleven states now, you can go to BetfredSports.com to check out more. Just uh, download the Betfred Sports app in your state. Uh, where we're at, Iowa and Colorado makes the most sense. You can find that in the Apple and Google Play stores. Don't forget, terms and conditions do apply. you got to be 21+. plus. Wagers only accepted in the states where Betfred is doing business. And again, as I said, you can find those at BetfredSports.com. Uh, trying to catch up with Connor Orr at Orr and Horrigan. Connor is a friend of the podcast, a licensed sports agent in the state of Nebraska, and uh, works directly with athletes and businesses to help them navigate the ever-changing landscape of name, image, and likeness. And there's a bunch of stuff that's happening. We're trying to get Connor in here during the uh, the off-season when we turn to our interview-style uh, podcast and get more from him. But if you need some legal representation, uh, call Connor today at 402-408-6488 or visit Orr and Horrigan uh, website, orinhorrigan.com. Our good buddy uh, Scott Strunk over at Husker Hounds. Uh, you know, I, I, was, I stopped by the store the other day. He goes, volleyball was good to us this year. Vol- volleyball <laughs> kept him in business. Uh, but he's, he's super excited. He goes, this is the most excited I've been since Scott Frost was hired. Remember how excited he was when Scott was hired? Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, he was, he was in our basement crying. We had him on the podcast. He was so emotional. Dude, I thought Scott was going to be it. Yeah. I thought, I, I, dude, I think a lot I of people, in. Yeah, I think a lot of people did, right? Oh. So, But uh, if you need Husker gear, uh, he's got a lot of red. Which, which I got a stores. buddy who says he's got a suggestion for a T-shirt. I don't know if we go uh, – I, Ray Gunn or Scott Strunk or whatever, well, but you know, Scott he said looking st- at the at volleyball, yeah. 
It's like we need to start promoting the Nebraska black shorts. Oh, yeah, we could do that. I don't know if it's already been taken or not. The good thing is Reagan's I now I think it's licensed by Nebraska, so we can do some of that nice. stuff that, 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 that goes a little bit. Uh, two locations of Husker Hound, Superstore at 84th and Center, and out west at 171st in Lakeside Hills Plaza. And, of course, we are taking a break from the Doc's diagnosis, but we do want to thank our good friends at Centris Federal Credit Union, where you can uh, explore ways to check out some of those uh, renovations if your house and you need some financial help with a home equity loan or home equity line of credit. Uh, Centris Federal Credit Union is a proud sponsor of the Doc's diagnosis, which you can watch by subscribing to the U channel. They are federally insured by NCUA. Rob, you're not going to believe this. I bet I do. Uh, no, you're not. You're not okay. going to believe this. I got into, and Owen hates this when I do this, but I got into a little social media argument this last what? week. Yeah, yeah, it was on Facebook. Are you ready for this? I was def- okay. Whose grandmother did you get? In well, a fight it with? was some dude. Who has a page called the the Prairie Land Progressive? So that tells you all you need to know. But anyway, he did you get into a woke argument? No, Rob. I was defending you. I was defending you. Why did the Prairie Home Companion? Or what, what was the it called? Prairie Progressive or something like that? Because what, did, what problem did they have with me? Well, it was it was it was defending ninety four. It was defending ninety five. It was defending ninety seven. It was defending seventy and seventy one. You, watch, you'll agree with this guy, and it pissed me off because I, I went I went to the mattresses <laughs> for you, man. I went to the mattresses. Okay. You went to the mat for me. Yeah, I mean, where's I, I, the mat? I don't know. I don't the, want you going to the mattress. No, because that's a Godfather reference. Going to the mattress? Yeah, going to the mattresses. Don't don't worry about it. Okay, anyway, I got to look. This so up. he he wrote he wrote this. He was writing a, a a column about like the 1915 Huskers, and he used this phrase that set me off. He goes up until the BCS and the college football playoff. The BCS officially started in 1998. The national champion was considered theoretical. And I said, no, it wasn't. I said, I don't recognize Iowa's. I said, up until maybe the late 50s or 60s, it was theoretical. But in an axiom world where one is stated to where it's to be true, the Associated Press, and I'm old enough, you're old enough to remember the UPI, then it went to the USA Today Coaches Poll, that was considered the national champion. And it wasn't theoretical. I never once went on the news and said, this year's theoretical national title. Somebody walked up to you and said, Rob, how does it feel to be a theoretical national champion? You look at him and say, fuck off. I would hope you would. You were a national champion in 94. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Yeah, but that's only because I know we would have kicked the shit out of Penn State. It wasn't theoretical. It was accepted as fact. Now I'm not saying Excuse me, people, I, people that I just ate your wife's homemade uh, runs. I don't. Just, I, I, I'm not saying people there. like the poll system, um, but they accepted the fact that the AP and the coaches' poll decided who the national champions were. Okay, so here's my question. Okay, 1990. Yeah, who was the national champion? It, it was split. It was co. Who was the in 1991? Who's the national champion? Uh, wasn't it split then too? Yeah. Yeah. You, I'm not saying you couldn't have two. 97, who was the national champion? It was split. It was split. And don't forget, in the BCS era, was it 2004? We had a split national title. The AP gave their title to somebody else. God, that's right. Yes. I forgot about yes, that. Yes, because the AP did not agree 
the coaches agreed in principle to go with what the BCS poll was. Yeah, they, the AP they, did not. So, and and here's the thing, that was they they were essentially trying to have a two team playoff. Yes, that's what they were trying is, to do. Which is stupid. Don't disagree with you. But it wasn't theoretical. But I also think a four-team playoff is kind of stupid. Yeah. Because this year... Florida State's not playing for it. Florida State deserved to be in the playoff. I think Georgia deserved to be in the playoff. I don't disagree with you. That's where all of a sudden I think I start moving away from like some a lot of other people's logic. I think Georgia deserves to be in the playoff. But so, I think so Florida isn't, State does too. isn't every national think, title a theoretical national title then? Until you have an actual playoff, and a four-team playoff is not a fucking playoff. I'm not disagreeing but with until you. Until you have an actual so but, I watch so but the, what I'm we saying is about the axiom early. is it's accepted as true. There we accepted it because it's all we had. But I never but, I'm not sure I disagree with this, oh, dude. I do. I do. I never once, and he tried to tell me I was wrong, and I said, I never once went on television and said, this year's theoretical national title champion is this. And he, and he comes back, he goes, well, do you recognize Iowa's 1958 national title? I said, no, I don't, because it wasn't the AP and it wasn't the coaches poll. Yeah, now was, I'll, and I'll give you that. Yes. But it, it's one of those, in 94, did we, did we play Penn State for the national title? No. Who were the two best teams in the country in 1994? Penn State and Nebraska. I think Colorado actually might have been number two. I think they would have beat Penn State. Well, um, you beat Colorado. You beat them like a drum. There we go. So that's that's why I I don't but, argue with that ring. But, I mean, in 97, here's the thing. If you asked if, the if, average college football fan in 1994, Michigan would wouldn't have, have touched Nebraska no, in, in 1994. Would you have liked to have seen a plus one between Nebraska and Penn State? You're, you're asking and me your something average, that nothing's going to the And, I, and yes. I get it. It's not going to happen. But would you have liked to have seen Yeah. That? In 1997, would you have liked to have seen a Nebraska-Michigan matchup? Yeah. In 1991, would you have liked to have seen – actually, this would have been my favorite – like my my pipe dream, all time. Ooh, I want to see that game. Would be nineteen ninety one Miami against nineteen ninety one Washington. Because you got a who's who of the NFL draft and Miami's defense that year. All three of Miami's starting linebackers made the Pro Bowl in the NFL. It was Darren Smith, Jesse Armstead, and Michael Barrow. All three of those guys made the freaking Pro Bowl. It was a, it was a brutal defense on on Washington. You had Steve Entman. I mean, it was just oh my god, that Washington team was loaded. It's like that would have been an insane game. That 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 would have been that's my all timer. 
But, I mean, that would have been great. I want to see those matches. I, I get that. And we didn't get we to did, have that. But I, I And we're, we're only a half step closer with the current system. And that's why I'm sitting here going, okay. like, 12 is a fucking minimum. Give me 16. I, I can't believe this. I, I'm the one defending Nebraska here. And I get I, and, it. And I know you're saying, okay, I'm going to use a BCS example. But and it's the, not I'll, about – here's the thing. It's not about Nebraska, and it's not about 94 Nebraska. But, okay – It's about the system, and okay, the system is flawed. Let, let me use a different – And me, it was flawed then. Let me use the BCS system, system because he said up until the BCS. Flaw, now, hold on. It was In 1999, it was baby, it was Florida a, State won the national title. Who was the best team in the country that year? Nebraska. 100%. Yeah. 100%. There's no ifs, ands, or buts and about it. And I get it, it but, but that was a flawed system, too. It was a baby step in the Isn't right direction. Isn't every system flawed? So then, if that's the case, then every national champion is, is theoretical. All I'm saying Outside is... Outside of a true playoff. And, and four teams is not a true playoff. Correct. So... My point so is, my point, we yeah, accept okay. it as fact. Up to this point in time, I'm not seeing every national... Okay, so I mean, every Division One football national title, yes, is theoretical. He's right. But we don't say that. We don't go on the air I and get, say... No, I, and I, get, I yes. get that. But there was a period of time where when it was a poll system... People used the term, sports writers used the term mythical national champion. I, I never did. And I, I know and you I, never did. It's, 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 an, it's a little bit of an obsolete term. But I remember in the six, 50s, 60s, and 70s. But look how many national Nebraska titles were handled won, out. Nebraska won the mythical national title in 70 and 71. I, which I, one of those was a tie with Texas. Never once called it mythical. Never once called it theoretical. I know you didn't, but it was kind I don't of, know anybody who did. I don't. Well, I don't know if anybody uses that term anymore, but go if you read newspapers from the era. But if somebody looks at you and say, boy, Rob, in 94, how's that mythical national title feel? You're going to say, we were national champions. And my ring says I'm, it. The I'm banner gonna, says do it. Do you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, in my opinion, we were the best team in the country, and here's why. I can't believe I'm the one falling on the sword for Husker fans. It's not a it's not a Nebraska thing. It's a system thing, and the system was flawed. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this: you were the national. Were champions. we the best team in 1994? Fuck yeah, hands down. Best we team were in the 95. Nebraska. And if they don't, and the only reason it was shared in 97 is because of a close game at Missouri. That's yeah, the and only actually reason. in 96, all things being equal, but guess what? When it mattered, Nebraska lost. Yeah. But that's that's why you need a playoff, and dude. Strap it up and play the damn game. I mean, I could bring up this, and I know it's it's the best tournament there is. Does the true best team in the country win the college basketball championship every year? No. You can go to years to where a number one seed got knocked. I mean. <sighs> I, unfortunately, there's a lot of times I look at the number one seed and I'm like, dude, I, it's like I understand why you got the number one seed, but I'm not sure you were the number one seed. Well, you're going to make the guy I argued with really happy because I said, you just gave us fodder for our next show. And What's I, his name? I forget. 
I do. I forget. I just I, I agree with him in the sense that the system is highly flawed and has been for over a hundred years. Now, if you ask me, was Nebraska the best team in the country in 1994? Goddamn right we were. 95, yeah, our backups were the best team in the country that year. <laughs> there in it is. It's a little dig. Can't let it go. In 97, was Nebraska the best team in the country? Yes. In 99, there in was... In 99, nobody there, was close. If, if, that was if, not if even Carell close. If Buckalter and Dan Alexander don't fumble a freaking zillion times at Texas. Yeah. which and, and everybody forgets the fact that Nebraska came back... And, and slaughtered Texas. Slaughtered them. In the Big 12 title game. Yeah. Wasn't even close. It was brutal. But I'm not one of these Iowa fans that sits there and goes, Iowa's got a national title in 58. I don't recognize it. You, you can. You, and I get that. And I understand. And, and by the way, that, Iowa doesn't have a 58 national title on their ring of honor at Kinnick Stadium. They don't even put it up there. I mean, they could. I mean, they beat Minnesota. I don't that recognize year. Central Florida's. That's a mythical and theoretical national. Yeah, that's title. not a national. No. Was that a hell of a team? One hundred percent. Yes, it was. Absolutely. All I'm saying is, the axiom here is that the two polls, the coaches' poll and the AP poll, up until the BCS, it's what we had at the time. That but, was the standard. But what we okay here? Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of a way to. Yes. Okay. He, did you see Let's, that brain freeze right okay, there? No, I'm. I'm thinking of. I'm trying to come up with a with an analogy here. You keep drinking because you're getting fired up. That double okay. IPA kicked your ass. So let's say ground beef has not been invented. Well, that's sad. Okay, no, sad it day. is sad. <laughs> so ground beef hasn't been invented. And for a, so for a hundred years, people have gone out into the prairie. They find a pile of cow shit. Find your find your cow patty. Yeah. They slap it on a grill. Get some grill marks on it. Throw it on a bun. Little mustard. Get some pickles, and they eat it because it's what you had. That's a shit sandwich, Travis. Correct. True. It's what you had. And I'm not saying the sudden, system was perfect. And all of a sudden, in 1998, some Yahoo grinds up a bunch of beef, grills it up, slaps a little pepper jack on that motherfucker, throws it on a toasted bun, and is like, oh my God. This is way better than the literal cow shit we've been eating for a hundred years. I'm not disagreeing with your premise. Just because you ate cow shit for a hundred years doesn't legitimize the cow shit. Sure it does. No, it doesn't. To me, it does. It's still cow shit. To me, it does. Still a sandwich. Thanks, Owen. (laughs) It's a shit sandwich, (laughs) Owen. But it is a sandwich. See? Now, I love a good sandwich. You put enough pickles on anything, you'll probably eat it. I'm not denying that. I, I think to I'm me- just saying that I'm just saying for a hundred plus years, it was an imperfect division system. one, not college football, 
Division One college football fans have been fed a shit sandwich, and if we've been told it's been great, and all of a sudden now we're on the cusp of a 12-team playoff, the closest thing, I'm not even going to call a 12-team playoff a real playoff, but it's the closest thing we've ever had to a real playoff, and we're about to discover... Like, okay, so I go to Hy-Vee now, yeah. and I'm hard-pressed. Like, I can buy ground chuck. Can't believe you don't I go can, to Fairway. It's right across the street. It's pretty goddamn good, but I don't go to Fairway for ground beef. Um, the steak and the steaks there, by the way, the prawns, the giant prawns at Fairway are yeah. money. Anyway, it it's like, I go to Hy-Vee now, and if I want it, to, it, dude, it's burger night. Yeah. You go to High V, they've got the pre-made. Keep mentioning High V, I'm going to go charge him for being on the podcast. That is true. They're an Iowa thing. <laughs> I go to my local grocery store. Yeah. They've got ground prime rib, ground ribeye yeah. burgers. That makes a damn good burger, by the way. Okay. They're like a buck what, more what's per What's your patty. point here? That's what we're going to get next year. That's fine. But I'm okay and to say what I had sit, before was all, fine. We're all going to sit back and look at the four-team playoff and go, oh, my God, we were eating a shit sandwich for the last eight years or whatever. But you know what? Now. I can go up to the Rustic in Fort Calhoun and have a prime rib and go, oh, that was really good. But then I'm going to go out to Farmer Brown's and have the, 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 the hand cut or whatever they call it. I'm going to say, now this is better. Yeah, that's your 12-team playoff. Yeah, but but I can accept that what I had before was good and I can live with it. Not not even that only, it was good. Okay, only hold, hold on. It's Let, not it's not good. <sighs> it's it's not that it wasn't it's that it was good. It's just that that's what you had. Yes. There's no fear if if Thank you look Thank you. Well, I realize that, but what I'm trying to say is that if you look back at the 94 team, if you look at who won the national championship in 94, hold on, hold on, let then me it's the Nebraska, it's Hus- it's Nebraska. There's no, there's nothing in theory about it, it regardless of the system. It, it, maybe the system wasn't set up perfectly, and it wasn't, and it wasn't the best at deciding who would win the national championship. But Nebraska won it. Yes, regardless. yes. that's and that's and what I, I'm trying to and say. And I do agree with well, and that's what I meant by when I said. In 1994, 95, 97, 99, was Nebraska the best team in yes. the country those years? Theoretically. Yes. yes. I'm with you. But we didn't win it in a playoff. We didn't beat th- no, the other teams. No, that's what you teams. had. That was your shit sandwich. It's, what, well, it's, it's our shit sandwich. Guess what? It was still a shit sandwich. Yeah, but it tasted good. Right? Did, okay, well, when, when you, you celebrated in the Orange Bowl, did that not taste good? Was that, that the best fucking sandwich you've ever eaten in your life? Yeah, but I mean, goddamn, we just beat Miami in I, their own see, on their home stadium yeah, for God's sakes. But you could it didn't matter who. It was that Tom was Osborne's a, first national title. We bypassed half a playoff and went to the title game. I mean it's Oh, Penn, do, you, do you ever get Penn the feeling State would have gotten? Oh, do you, you get the feeling he just wants to argue with me? I, I it's mean, not that I want to argue with you. It's I understand your point that there's a you play within the system that you yes, have. It's the hand you're and dealt. That's it. It's the hand you're dealt. Hundred percent, and I get that. It doesn't change the fact it's a crappy system, 
and going to a true playoff is going to be better. I don't disagree with anything you're saying. We're All on I'm the saying same is page. I do it. not consider your national championship theoretical. I guess and, I find and that's it the factual. Thing, okay, and I guess that's kind of where I mean, I, I agree with you. I'm not sure I would call it theoretical. But did we win a national title? Yes, you have a ring to prove it. Yes. Did we win that national title as much as we agree with the fact that we were the best team in the country that year, that the system that we wanted in was flawed? Because you can have a flawed system that sometimes spits out the right result. You can have a flawed system that spits out a shitty result. I 1984. Was BYU really the best team in the country? Probably not. Yeah, probably not. But they won the national but, but, title. And they're the last team outside of Power Five Conference to win a national yeah. title. Yeah. You know, they beat. God, are they, were they really? Yeah, last team outside wow. of Power Five. That's kind of interesting. And they beat Michigan in the Holiday Bowl. Yeah. So. Which also tells you not even the Big Ten champs. No. Big Ten champs, but that's back when the bowl system was very flawed. I mean, yeah. you. I mean, it's. I don't know. If the, in, who knows what happens to the bowl system? Which it, I mean, people, they're they're still the nostalgia on the bowl system. Okay, so here's a topic I want to touch on. Okay. Expanding the playoffs devalues the regular. I don't season. get. You know, here's the deal. I, Biggest I, logic flaw of all. One hundred percent. Listen, I used. Listen, I'm wrong a hell of a lot more than I'm right. And I could admit it. I have no problem saying it. If you would have talked to me five years ago, I'm going to bat for the Bulls. I am. I'm, I'm like, okay, you know, I would go on my radio show. Damn it, the Bulls is Like, legit question five years ago or longer than that? I would say five years ago. Because five years ago, I was like, oh my God, this 14 playoff, we're getting a taste of what could be, but, and I want more. But I understand, I understand where coaches are coming from. With the with the practice and and, and getting, I, I understand the value of it. I think I, I five years ago, I'm still watching the Bahamas Bowl. I'm watching like all the bowls. The other day, I asked a question on my on my radio show. I said, "How many bowl games have you watched?" And to consider it watch, you had to watch five minutes or more of a bowl game. Not a lot. None of us on that radio show had watched a bowl game. The first bowl game I watched was last night, just because I sat on the couch. I watched Texas State and Rice. Why that game? I have no idea. It was followed, and because I was trying to stay up for the Kansas game, and I didn't. Oh, even Kansas make, played. Yeah, Kansas. Won. I didn't even fucking. Know yeah, they Kansas played. beat uh, who, who did they play last? Uh, they beat UNLV last night. First bowl win for Kansas since two thousand eight. They finished with nine wins, but last night was the first bowl game that I've watched, and then I and it made me realize I don't deep down I don't care about the bowls. You can give me the twelve so sixteen you know play playoff. Get rid of the fucking bowls. Goddamn right. Yes. Do you know what's weird? I've watched more playoff college football this year. D2. I watched D2. I've watched FCS. I've watched D3 playoffs. Way more compelling. It's a winner go home, and the winner gets to keep playing. Yeah. When you put those kind of stakes on it, oh, really? You get a cool bowl trophy, and the the coach gets doused in mayonnaise. Awesome. Yeah. Let's play for something real. Yeah, chance to keep playing. I don't, it, like, D, but, I've, like like I said, 
I was watching the goddamn D3 playoffs but, this year, and it's better than a bowl game. The only bowl game I've watched this year, Northern Illinois. And, and it's because there was a former Westside yeah. kid who my son's football coach, it's his son, plays for Northern Illinois. And I'm like, I know that kid. He's going to watch great. Him. I'm going to watch him but, play. But it shows you that's how the, that's, we that's as the only humans, bowl game I've watched. We as humans, deep down, don't like change. We'll, we'll, we'll push against it. But then when change happens, you go, oh. Okay. Oh. All right, so let's get back to this devaluing the regular season argument because that oh, okay. is the big argument that people have against an expanded playoff. I don't think it dev- I think it, it I think it emphasizes the, the regular season even more. I think it does too cuz so I mean the argument is, is that well, okay, the the regular season's even more important because if you have one loss you're out. And I'm like, mm-hmm. "All right, yeah, exactly. You have one loss, the entire rest of your Regular season is worthless. I don't feel that way. No, my point is, is that's that's the current system. Yeah, you're not going to make a BCS game. You're not. You're going to be all of a sudden the stat. The deck is stacked against you for a fourteen in, in a fourteen in a twelve team. It's not exactly. And if we ever get to a sixteen or twenty four, you're going to have two, possibly three, lost teams get in that playoff. And here's the thing that. I think that it expands the value of the regular season because there's maybe at the start of the season, you're going into the start of a college football season. For that first two to four weeks of the regular season, there's maybe six to eight teams that have a legitimate shot of making the playoff. That's it. Nobody else has a shot. By the time you get two-thirds of the way through the regular season, that list is down to five, maybe six teams. Don't disagree. It was eight this year because Alabama was, what, eighth heading into the last week? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, Alabama needed needed the conference title game. So it's and that that was a little bit of an anomaly. This year was a bit of an anomalous year, but it painted the picture of how – how the regular season valuations are so skewed. But for the most part, you got two-thirds of the way through the regular season, you were down to maybe six teams that had a legit shot at the playoff. You expand that playoff, all of a sudden the regular seasons of a dozen, or it should be 16 teams, but all of a sudden a dozen teams, I mean, by two-thirds of the way through the season – what if you had 20 teams that had a legitimate shot of making the playoff? Two-thirds of the way through the regular season. That is an increase in value of the regular season. 100%. If, if there's 20 to 25 teams that technically could probably still make the playoff, there's 20 Look, to 25 teams let, whose regular seasons have massive Look, value. Let's go back to the start of this podcast when we mentioned the Big Ten title game and Nebraska in a changing environment in the Big Ten, where we said pretty much now two Big Ten teams are going to get in, and you said most likely three. 
Yeah. So that means With a team the 12 that, team play. Yeah. So that means a team that didn't even make the conference championship game is has get, a chance. Has a chance to get into the playoff. Right now, you you kind of you, you, SEC title title winner, Big Ten title winner, they're in. Big Twelve title winner is going to be in. Yep. Well, in what used to be what what now is used to be the Pac-12. Pac-12 title winners probably making the playoff. Yeah. A, uh, unless the ACC title winner gets there. Which I think is, as long as the so, ACC, well, Florida State's suing the this ACC year now. didn't happen, which is stupid, but. Um, Listen, that Grant of Rights deal is a, the worst contract in the history which, of Which, I mean, they're not suing, they're suing the ACC. Yeah. And they should. I don't disagree. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I, I said it's stupid. They're suing the ACC. Yeah, which is the right thing to and do. It is the right thing to do. That great. I'm still like, listen. What the hell? How did the, how did listen, they convince those teams to sign that? Because they were desperate. The world was falling. It, it was like if they don't. It secure, was COVID. Every, no, no. I, this goes back to 2016 when it, everything was starting to fall apart again. You know, you had. Is that when Maryland and, and Rutgers go to the Big Ten? You had some fluctuation there. They're like, if we don't wrap this up. Teams can just go because you watch Nebraska leave, you watch Colorado leave, you watch they, they leave. offered stability. They offered stability. Now think about this: they signed that deal in 2016. They don't get to negotiate until 2036, and ESPN strong-armed them and said there will be no renegotiation of this as it goes along. In the meantime, the Big 12, the SEC, the Big 10, the A- and and well, it would have been the Pac-12. Those three have all renegotiated. They will renegotiate again before 2036. The ACC, to me, if I'm a judge, I'm saying you're not even letting these teams compete in a fair market value with all the other conferences. It's it's an unfair. And it's funny because the ACC officials have said, "Oh yeah, it's a ironclad deal." Yeah, they called it ironclad. I I think this thing gets destroyed in a court of law. I, I'm kind of, I hope it does. Listen, we've had Joe Moglia sit in that chair right there. And he well, told three times. And yeah. If you haven't listened to those podcasts, you're you're in it. And the last time he was here, he talked about the conversation he had with Chip Kelly. That was the first time we heard that Chip Kelly at his bowl press conference mentions that exact same. Doesn't mention Joe, but says basically re, re- the same thing. Same thing. And he becomes this Nostradamus. I'm like, listen, we talked about it on this podcast, <laughs> and that is your your other sports outside of football. They play in their conferences, play the regional thing, because that makes sense because they don't need to travel that much. The money is in football. You take 64 teams, and there, there it is, and those teams play each other. And that's You your- create a CFP, yes, a college division. football playoff division. It's that simple. You and I, which I got to, you know, you and I talked about that. You mentioned that you painted that picture. Years ago. Like two two and a half years ago, to where it's all just they all come together as one. Like you and I sat here. Do, do you remember we took every major Division One conference? We took all the Power Five schools, yeah. and we went through. And I remember you told me, "Who's in? Who's out? Yeah. Who, who's going to be in this new division that you, you had talked about?" It's going to come to that at some point. It, it's going it it, to. We keep saying it's not going to happen. Well, right now the Pac-12 is no more. The Big Twelve is is working the the quality through quantity equation. But they did a good job. 
I mean, they actually have. I'm I'm kind of surprised by how well actually both the Big 12 and the ACC have done in terms of trying to shore things up. Yeah. Um but god, when you look at the big picture, all the power lies with the Big 10 and the SEC. 100%. But yeah, I think you end up with there's going to be a forced move to four power conferences. And I'm okay with it. I, I, I I'm going to be one of these guys who tries not to resist change as much because I, I hear change. I'm like, okay, you were the one arguing with me about the whole theoretical national championship like well, 10 n- minutes n- ago. Listen, I'm all for a playoff. I'm just, I can accept that what it was, that's the way it was. It was. But it was a shit. It was still a shit sandwich. I'm just saying. But it tasted good. Because no, it tasted like a shit sandwich. No, because when that's all you have to eat, you're like, oh, I, I can learn to like this. It doesn't mean it's good. It's just what you know. Well, and that's the axiom. We accepted it, and it was not freaking theoretical. Hey, we, I know we got some uh, v- some listener and viewer comments. So uh, let's head it back to the newsroom. <laughs> uh, Owen's got uh, some some questions that came in via by email and via the tweets. Go ahead, Owen. All right, this first one comes from Jerry, and Jerry says, "What is your take on the five O line recruits for 2024?" Ah, uh, he asked that on Twitter too. Yeah, I took it from Twitter. Nice. Yeah. See, um, Grant Bricks was a good get. Yeah, I I like Grant. Um. My only con- it, it's kind of one of those the concern there is that you look at a guy, uh, Logan Magnolia. I mean, it's not a, it's not exa- it's, it's not a, a it's a one A school, man. It's a small school. It is, but God, they've churned out some D one guys over the years. Matt Strait, who's now the football coach. I mean, yeah, they've had you got to Rex, that. you got Rex Johnson, yeah. he's, which he's at Wyoming. Um, they churn out some good athletes. We'll see how he does. I mean, I, I think he's kind of the star. Of does that a small school class. thing scare you off? It doesn't necessarily, and the reason is, is I mean, I look at the guys I played with. Zach Weger was a Class C kid here in Nebraska at Fremont Bergen. Yeah, who didn't? He really didn't play a senior year of football because of mono. It, he was he essentially earned a scholarship by being a great basketball player. He's the Outland Trophy winner. Yeah. Dozen plus years in the NFL. You got Lance Lumberg, who's a Wausau, Nebraska kid, Nebraska Football Hall of Famer, all Big Eight, Saints draft pick. You got Ken Malin, was all Big Eight. He was, uh, oh God, down by he was a, he was down by Rulo. Was that Humphrey, Nebraska? I have no idea. I know, I know. Kenny grew up down, but he's out in Kearney now. But he was a, I think he grew up down by Rula. Every time you say Rula, I think of the murders down there. Okay, Kenny had nothing to do with that. <laughs> um, but I mean, again, all Big Eight offensive guard, backup center, played a lot at center. But you're too. just one of these guys who says, okay, yeah, you're, you're big, you're strong, you've got the, you've got athletic if, skills, yeah, but you you've can, only gone against people, yeah. But if you're a small school guy and you can play football, you can play football. Jim Scott, Ansley, Nebraska kid. There's another small school kid in Nebraska who is a first-team All-Big 8 guy at center. So, I mean, just because you went to a small school doesn't mean you can't play the sport. Terry Keneally was an all-conference D tackle. He went to Hyannis. Yeah, he was pretty good. He did okay. Yeah, all right. Played for the Packers. I mean, it's just – these are guys that were – like six man, eight man guys 
who ended up as all conference guys at Nebraska. If you can play the sport, you can play the sport. And so I, I don't count that against a guy like Bricks necessarily. And if you look at him, he's got the tools in the yeah. toolbox. He's got the measurables. So, but any any other ones you like out of that out of that group? Um, yeah. Let me. I'll ask uh, this one here. Uh, talk about O line impact on QB running back wide receiver play. Most media seem to forget about the pipeline's imp- impact on the offense in the '90s when they compare QB signing with Frazier, et cetera. And that one me- comes from Brad. No, I think it makes a huge difference, and that's the thing that I feel bad about with a lot of the some of these guys that have played at Nebraska over the last few years and the fact that I think they've been shortchanged a little bit because they haven't had a great offensive line True. to play in front of. So it's – I mean, if you're a Nebraska quarterback and you got guys in your face all day, is it your fault that you're getting hit and throwing interceptions? Well, maybe, maybe not, but – um, if you got a halfway decent offensive line in front of you, that makes a huge difference. Uh, I, I mean, everything plays off, off of each other. Great running backs, great quarterbacks make an average offensive line look good. A great offensive line can make an average quarterback look good. Okay. But it's, it's got to be there. I mean, you've got to have great players across the board. Next. Um, this one, we kind of touched on this earlier, but, uh, Hey guys, I'm sure you'll get this question about bowl games in some form a bunch of times, but in case you don't, the bowl games, in your opinion, how will the atmosphere change around the playoff bowl games? Will the game hosts have the same type of activities, et cetera, for the players, or will it be more serious? We don't want the fluff so we can focus on the game to make, make it to the next round. Much more serious. And this is from Steve, uh, in a little thing here, he says, pipeline jerky is awesome. Hell yeah, get the pork. Um, way more serious. Yes, like all, dude. The, it's the stakes go up. Yeah, big time. That's the thing. You can have a bowl game. I mean, it, if it's see, and that's the thing again. The whole what makes the regular season count? What makes these games count? What puts value on these games? If it's a bowl game that has no bearing on the national title picture, oh, great, we got a bowl game. It's great. We want to win. We got some bragging rights. We get a month of practice, which is huge, by the way. But it's not this. The stakes are gone. That's why I want a playoff is let's take all the – okay, fine. First round of the playoffs, the bowl games can can still host. Fine. But the stakes are Oh my gosh. You gonna live there? That runs is haunting me. <laughs> um <laughs> my wife made homemade runs, by the they way. They were delicious. Rob wasn't gonna eat one. He's like, well <laughs> Okay, I'll eat one. <laughs> but the stakes are there if you've got a playoff. If it's just a bowl game, if it's not a national title bowl game, if it's not a semifinal bowl game, where are the stakes in that? There aren't any. There aren't any. None. The stakes go up way higher. So just hold on. I know you're dancing. I know you got to pee. I got to go to the bathroom. Rob's got to pee. So with Rob peeing, uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's show because, well, you know, we were close there anyway. I know Rowan had a couple more questions. But, uh, you know, that's what it is. We're done. We're done for 2023. If you like this podcast, share it with somebody. If you have comments on the podcast, 
go ahead and leave them in the comment section on Podbean, on YouTube, uh, on iTunes. Speaking of the social media channels, if you haven't subscribed to the uh, podcast yet on Podbean, do so. iTunes, anywhere you listen to your podcast, just subscribe. That way you know right away when we put out a new episode. Our YouTube channel grew tremendously during this season. We want to keep it going. If you have not subscribed to the YouTube channel yet, please, 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 please do so. A lot more of that content is going to go onto the YouTube channel. We are going to be back in 2024, starting in early January. The podcast format is going to shift a little bit as we do during the offseason. We're going to interview styles. We're going to get people to sit in this third seat. We're going to get people in the studios, have really long, in-depth conversations uh, with people you know, people you don't know, and uh, hopefully you learn something new. Thanks to Betfred Sports for being our presenting sponsor in 2023. Crossing our fingers, they'll be back in 2024. Uh, they will be for a little bit. And then, uh, of course, Husker Hounds, Connor Orr, Rob walks in front of the camera, and then uh, <laughs> our good friends at Centris Federal Credit Union. Anything you want okay. to say? Okay, We're okay I got to ask you a question. Yeah. That camera we, right there. We got like four cameras. Yeah. How do I walk through your basement and not walk in front of a camera? You walk around the cameras. There's like no way to not walk in front of a camera. All you have to do is walk around the tripods. Killing well, me, Owen dude. gives you room. He gives you room. Just he is saying. a hell of a producer. Did you thank him, by yeah, the he, way? He he knows how much I appreciate it. Owen, we appreciate you, buddy. Rob, I, happy I don't you, know yeah. if your dad does. By the way, he by the way, he by the way, does. If you have not downloaded or listened to the uh, Owen's album Upstream, do so. It's an unbelievable album. Uh, Twelve great songs. You won't be disappointed. You'll have it on repeat. Doctor Rob, happy New Year. Happy New Year. Let's get back here in early January. Have uh, Damon Benning sitting in there, and we can exactly. Spend some time and with. next year we got a real playoff where that's, things aren't theoretical. That's true. So uh, for Dr. Rob Zadiska, for Owen Justice, I'm Travis Justice. We will talk to you next year on the Doc Talk podcast presented by Betfred Sports.